Gazy, that's you. DJ, I'm breathing out what's your name. Your favorite team is DJ, me. If you don't want the place to stay, you know how it's DJ, me. What is up, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of TJ and B. I'm Ben Catino alongside Tim Duffy. And man, it is roster cut down day across the NFL. Each of the 32 teams must cut their rosters down to 53 players. Usually not the most exciting day for the Patriots, but today is full of headlines. Um, before we jump into anything, Tim, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Benny. You know, back... You know, our last podcast, or second to last before the start of the regular season. Only nine days until football, man. I'm pumped. I'm souped. We got two. We got 196 hours. Sorry, I did the math wrong. 216 hours until Lions-Chiefs next Thursday. I'm fucking hyped, man. I know you are, too. We had our fantasy drafts in between our last two episodes. You know, feeling good about our teams, especially mine. And uh, like you said, you know, not very exciting day. Usually, you know, these roster cuts, there's a lot of expected roster moves being made across the league. But some surprises here this week in the National Football League, for sure. But um, otherwise than that, doing fucking awesome, Ben. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's great to have football right around the corner. As you said, we did our fantasy drafts. We got a game basically a week away now, nine days. I mean, you can feel it in the air. Um and, you know, as we look to this roster cutdown day for the Patriots, obviously the biggest headline is the quarterback room right now, which is Solo Dola with Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, and Malik Cunningham get cut today. Trace McSorley got cut yesterday. I mean, wow. I th- This is one that I didn't see coming until yesterday. I, I kind of saw some rumblings on Twitter that Bailey Zappi might get the boot today. And I kind of thought to myself, that's crazy at first. But then I kind of started to open up to the idea. And I was like, you know what? This might happen. But it was kind of one of those things where it was like D-hop to the Patriots, you know? Like, I was like, oh, man, that'd be pretty sick. But, like, in the back of my mind, I didn't really fully think that it was going to happen. And then, boom, 4 p.m. rolls around. And Bailey Zappi is no longer a New England Patriot. Um. And now we now we look for a new QB. Let's kind of get your preliminary thoughts on this as well, because we've had a couple hours to really think about this. I know Bailey Zappi was kind of your guy. You, you liked him a lot out of Western Kentucky. Bet on them a lot during that college season that he was. Yeah, you remember. You remember. Um, And it's kind of both of our boys because Malik Cunningham was my boy. If, if you go back to episodes before last season started and we talked a lot a little bit of college football I said Malik Cunningham was a dark horse to win the Heisman I really liked what he had to offer in college I thought he was a Lamar Jackson 2.0 so I'm a little upset that we 
released him as well, but let's kind of get your thoughts on Zappy because he seems to be more in the spotlight of these two cuts. Yeah, I'm shocked. And I did not expect Bailey Zappi to get cut. I mean, I thought this was one of the best backup QBs in the league. I mean, we, we saw him a lot in those backup QB rankings in the top five. I mean, throughout the last year or so, ever since he set foot against Green Bay you know, last October. Um, this, this was a guy who knew the system well. He performed in that terrible system well under Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and, and, and company. But I'm very surprised by this. And Bailey Zappi is one of the best college quarterbacks ever. You know, like you said, he's my guy at WKU through 61 touchdowns, maybe 60, maybe 62 his last year at uh, West Kentucky. Um, but in the games he played last year, he was 2-0 as a starter. Patriots offense averaged 34 points per game in his two starts. And the last we really saw of him was that night we went to Gillette Stadium against the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. We all chanted, Zappi, Zappi. And then including a couple picks after two touchdown drives. And I don't think anyone in that stadium thought that was the end of the Zappy era in New England. I didn't think so till today. I'm very surprised about Zappy. It's a very similar to Mac Jones. He was staying in the pocket, delivering, rifling. He's a true pocket passer. So I had those numbers in college. Uh, a little bit more mobile than Mac Jones, too. Is he better than Mac Jones? No, he's not better than Mac Jones in the right system. But now the Patriots are left with no backup quarterback on their roster. 53 players on the roster, only one quarterback remains, and that is Mac Jones. You know, dare I say, this is an average Belichick moment. Average fuck the Patriots moment for Belichick and company. I mean, maybe maybe Mac gets hurt, and we tank for Caleb Williams. I don't know what's up with this. You know, I don't I don't think any guy is gonna come in unless you play under Bill O'Brien in the past and kind of just excel on this team with this receiving core, which is not the worst. It's improved since last year, but still pretty lackluster. And it just it's just a very weird move for me. I mean, we we've seen Belichick leave only two quarterbacks from the roster in the past. And it was Brady Garoppolo for a couple years in a row back in the late twenty tens, but to leave one quarterback on the roster is, is unprecedented. I don't even know if a single other team in the league is doing that. I mean, that's yeah. just crazy. I, I don't think this, so. Either. On August 29th. I mean, the season opener is in 10 days. I and, don't know. And, and that's what I was going to bring up. So, I mean, the, there's things that I like about this, and there's things that I really don't like, right? So, to go into the, some, some things that I like about this cut is I think Bailey Zappi at this point was ultimately just a distraction for not only the players, but the fans as well. I think him being on the roster always kind of served as a threat, you could say, to Mac Jones just because of what happened last year, where he did start some games over him. We saw him get put in for Mac Jones on Monday night versus the Bears, and I mean, you can just kind of tell. I, I saw some rumblings over the last couple of weeks that Mac and Bailey Zappi do not fuck with each other. Like, straight up, they just do not like each other. And I think that's bad to have a QB room where the two QBs don't see eye to eye because obviously they're both competing for the job, but it's just clearly Mac Jones's. And as you said, Bailey Zappi is not as good as Mac Jones. So, and another thing I like about it is I think, like, Sorry, I'm kind of shitting on Bailey Zappi here, but I feel like he's just extremely mediocre to the point that 
we can pick up another QB such as Colt McCoy and get the same exact production out of him. I mean, I just don't view him as that valuable of a backup QB. I know you said he's one of the best in the league. I got to disagree there. I, I genuinely don't think Bailey Zappi has the skills to necessarily propel your team if he needs to put it on his back. I think he's a very systematic QB that, you know, he doesn't have the strongest arm. And it's not to say he's bad. He's just very average. You know what I mean? So that's the kind of things I like about it. I think we can get a fill-in for him very easily. I think even Malik Cunningham will clear waivers and join this practice squad. So we might even still have him around. Now, here's some things that I don't like about this cut. As you just said, we are ten, basically 10 days away from the opener. And what do you always hear about Belichick's Patriots, right? The offense is extremely hard to learn, right? And that is a glaring red flag because as you just said, let's say, God forbid, Mac Jones goes down early, week one, two, maybe even three, right? If we got to throw a guy that's been here for two, three, maybe four weeks into the mix at quarterback, the most, the most important position in the NFL – maybe the most important position in all of sports in America. And we got to put him on the on the main stage at quarterback after four weeks. I mean, there's no way he's going to have the whole playbook down. There's no way he's going to have a good grasp on all of the Patriots have to offer. And he's not going to be on the same page as all the receivers. So that's the one glaring issue, in my opinion, is how are we going to fill this and how are we going to fill this fast? Because obviously, as you just said, we – we can't go into the season with one quarterback. That that's not going to work for any team. So, there won't. I mean, I know I mentioned Colt McCoy, Will Greer just got cut from Dallas. He looked pretty good in the preseason, but the names are kind of slim, man. As I said, I think you can find Zappy's production pretty easily, but we got to act fast because other teams might be, you know, acting upon these QBs as well. Yeah. Maybe Cooper Rush, too, if Trey Lance propels to that QB, too. Probably not anytime soon because Trey Lance got traded about two days ago. We'll get into that soon. But, you know, the Pats are poised for probably the worst quarterback room in the NFL. You know, they went from a mid-tier, potentially maybe in the tw- or high 20s, to the worst in the league after this cut. I mean, Lee Cunningham, like you said, had a lot of pre- promise in preseason. Had that flash run against the Houston Texans in that first game. I mean, you were a big fan. You – Right when Zappy got cut, you said Malik season, baby. And then, you know, he gets waived minutes later, which was uh you know, which was very fifty-three man roster day type of type of thing to see. Dude, but it was so funny because I I texted probably about five people in like three separate group chats, like Malik Cunningham, QB two season. And then dude, <laughs> literally like five minutes later, I look like the biggest fucking idiot ever because he just gets cut. Now like, are you <laughs> serious dude like no way but so happens man but I, I like the point man i think he could be a practice squad guy zappy's definitely going elsewhere now i mean he could definitely start two games a year in the nfl probably bailey zappy and we saw it last year and he looked solid but you know, he's not going back to the pats unless something crazy happens but um like you said man the names are getting slim for that qb market there's not a lot of good names out you know, maybe a Carson Wentz, unless the Cardinals sign him. I don't even know, but I didn't even think about that, dude. Imagine we yeah, bring I mean, King Wentz in. 
it, it's 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 food for thought. I mean, Carson Wentz can revitalize, can have his career revitalized in New England if anything happened to Mac Jones, but he's had this, this would be his fourth chance to do that, so um, not very likely. However, definitely um, definitely some weird moves, man. And also Nick Folk getting created today, arguably our MVP the last two seasons. He was the NFL scoring leader in 2021 with 37 field goals, had 32 of 36 last year. He got straight for the Titans for a seventh-round pick. Chad Ryland, the new kicker, the fourth-round draft pick from Maryland for this New England Patriots squad. It's uh, it's a little bittersweet, you know, because Nick Folk, like, he genuinely won us some games, you know? Yeah, literally. A couple games where he would kick like four or five field goals and and nail the last one at the end of the mm-hmm. clock. You know, he genuinely won us some games. But I mean, as you just said, we just drafted this kid in the fourth round, Chad Ryland. Nick Folk is thirty eight years old. Mm-hmm. You got to start questioning the power in his legs. Still, we got a seventh round pick for him. I mean, hey, we didn't just wave Nick Folk and he went to go sign with the Titans. We at least got something out of him. So I love the trade. I thought it was a great move. I mean. You can't go wrong with it, in my opinion, especially with a young kicker who reportedly has a massive leg is what I'm hearing out of training camp. Yeah, maybe we should start questioning uh, Belichick for picking kickers in the fourth round, you know? Well, here's the thing, you know, like when I look at the roster, like I actually really like the way it shaped out. Like we kept all six wide receivers that it seemed like everyone wanted. You know, Kayshawn Booty was definitely in question to some people. Tyquan Thornton, they thought maybe Mike had the boot. We kept all six. I honestly really like our receiving room right now. Obviously, we kept both tight ends that we're paying a bunch of money to, which is a touchy subject, but could pay off this year. And then now we have room to sign someone like Leonard Fournette you know, or Kareem Hunt, because we only have two running backs on the roster right now, Ramondre Stevenson and uh, Zeke Elliott. I kind of really like how they played that out because it's kind of like with Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong, it's kind of like cut the bullshit, you know. We trade Pierre Pierre Strong and then we cut Kevin Harris, you know. It's a very win-now move in my opinion, and I really like the way this roster shaped out. I I don't know if you get a chance to look at how the 50-man – 53-man roster looks right now, but what are your thoughts on it? Because I, I really like how the final product looks. I mean, despite the, the quarterback situation, I think it's a good product. I mean, we got the running back core. We got, like you said, all the receivers who were fan favorites and the ones that we recently signed stay. The defense looking sharp as usual. Um, Special teams doing their thing as well. Um, DBs. I think ADBs you put in Belichick defenses are going to succeed anyways, but DBs look good too. So, I mean, the roster looks good. I'm going to keep saying it like I always said all offseason. This is a 10-win team this season. Patriots, no bias. This is one of the best defense in the league. They, they were the fifth-ranked defense in 2022, and they carried the Pats to eight wins. I mean, the defense won us a lot of games last year. And if Mac Jones can stay healthy and return to his 2021 form, this is this team is going to be competitive. Right? There's no doubt in my mind. It's a better receiving core than the last two years and the whole Mac Jones era so far, in my opinion. Um, you know, probably the best tight end core too, because Johnny Smith was fucking useless for the last two seasons in Foxborough after signing for sixty million dollars. Crazy, but you know, I, I like it, man. The line is solid. 
as it usually is. Yeah. This run game is going to be good. We, we take some load off from Andre, preserve him for a couple years after signing Zeke Elliott. And, you know, the, the roster shaped out how I expect to for the most part, except for, you know, cutting the quarterbacks and stuff. I, I thought only two would say on the active roster. I thought Malik Cunningham would be a practice squad guy. I'm not sure I would get cut and Zappy would be the backup. But, hey, if that's the only question mark we have, and if Mac Jones is still healthy and ready to go, should be should be a solid campaign to start the year. Yeah, I was just going to say that because, you know, we can talk about the quarterback room all we want, but the main thing is we want Mac Jones to start every single game this year. We want Mac Jones to be healthy. So as long as that can be the case, this whole cutting Zappy and Cunningham really shouldn't be that much of a worry, right? I mean, as an NFL team, you never want to have to go to your backup quarterback. You know what I mean? When you when you choose the quarterback one going into the season, you, you do that in hopes that he can start every single game and have a lot of productivity for your team. And that's what we're hoping for Mac Jones, right? It's it's his last year where he can really prove it. It's a basically a contract year for him. And, you know, we talk about the defense a lot on this show, but as we were just saying, I, I really do like our receiving core this year. I, I think it has the potential to actually be really good. I think Kendrick Bourne could possibly be in a thousand plus yard receiver this year. I really do. I, I think Ooh, that's interesting. I, think I don't know about all that, but I think have a good with the connection he built with Mac Jones in his rookie year and without Matt Patricia, who hated Kendrick Bourne, you know, not being here, I think we might unlock a new potential in him and maybe get him to that a thousand yard mark. But even if not, I see a bunch of six. 700 yard receivers on this team you know Juju's gonna get his Devontae Parker his health can be in question at points but if he's healthy for all every game he can he's another guy that can get seven eight hundred yards you know what I mean so I think the main thing here is Mac Jones has to still be better than his rookie year you know what I mean because yeah how about you if if Mac Jones I, I heard someone ask this question on the radio the other day and it was interesting if Mac Jones has the same productivity that he did in his rookie season, do you sign him to a big contract? I mean, and we're saying a contract. I don't know. We're saying a mirror image of his rookie year. All about this off season. Mirror like the same exact production, like ten and seven, twenty-one touchdowns, thirteen picks, something like that. Pretty much Something along and those yeah, lines. Just is that what you mean? Right around there, yeah. You know, that's a good question. Or I think he had twenty-two touchdowns, but that's a good question. I don't know about a big contract. I think, I think they extend them, maybe to like, I don't know. If he wins a playoff game, he's he's getting a Daniel Jones s contract. I think, but I've I've they're gonna hold out to give him the contract until. The end of next season, 2024, which would be his fourth year in the NFL. You know, can he do it three out of four years? Can he do it even two and a half out of four years? You know, barring injury or something. But I think it's like I think it's possible. I think it's a possibility. But are the Pats going to Super Bowl with this current version of Mac Jones? No, they're not. So that's something to keep in mind as well. And you want to invest in a guy like that. So yeah. You know, I, I, I've been a Mac supporter all the time. I'm also a Mac realist. And 
you want to give $40 million a year to? I'm not, not sold yet. If this season shows that, though, I think you hold out a little bit longer. Wait till the end of his fourth season or sometime during it if he's really balling. And then you make the decision. Yeah, Because guys- I don't think anyone thought Daniel Jones was getting $160 million a year ago today at the end of the 2022 season, you know. Seriously. I mean, I, I, I remember coming on this pod before the season last year, and I said that Tyrod Taylor was going to start over Daniel Jones last yeah, year. Yeah, I remember that too. And I mean, was that, was a, that was a legitimate question there for a little bit in training camp, you know. And then, hey, Daniel Jones proves us all wrong. He He's actually looking very strong going into the season in the in the uh, series that he did play in, in, in the preseason. He looked very good. He looked sharp, so. Props to Daniel Jones. Hopefully, Mac Jones can make that jump this year. I think he can, but I'm on the, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. It needs to be better than his rookie year for us to give him a contract. And even he's then, he's got to be better. I feel, like, I feel like you need to kind of wait for him to get kind of restless and you know kind of demand that contract and not just really give it to him at the same time. You know what I mean? I, I think the chances too of him getting a big contract after this year are very slim, just because of the way he played last year too. If he mm-hmm. proves it back the next two years, then I think we may have a franchise quarterback. But we'll, we'll see. See how it all rolls out. You know, we, we got a full season ahead of us, so we'll we'll see what the final product is with Mac Jones and if he does deserve that contract. Now, Absolutely. to talk about someone that didn't get a contract, Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs in the NFL, did not get traded today, did not get an extension and actually got placed on the PUP list, so he is not going to be playing the first four weeks of the season. Still technically on the Colts. This has been a wild scenario to see unfold over the past month or two. What are your thoughts on this, Tim? Don't you have him in one of our leagues, too? I I, I have him in our uh, Dynasty League, which that, is – That's crazy. Might which be good is, next year. It's better than a redraft, you know what I mean? Because the man's 24. He's still young. He's still got a lot of years of productivity in him, but definitely sucks for this year. I don't even know if he – do you think he's going to play? I mean, I, I think he I, will eventually, but I don't know if it will be on the Colts, and I don't know how quickly they'll be able to get a trade done. You know, it's really crazy, you know, how we've seen these running backs the last decade or so hold out or, or not want to play, but in Taylor's case, it's a little bit more warranted. And we saw Melvin Gordon wanting more money. So with Le'Veon Bell, who wanted more money in 2019 and 2017, neither of played that entire year. But, you know, when it comes to Jonathan Taylor, I think he has a lot of issues with the with the front office. And I don't know if he's proven, if he's proven as much as those two guys to get the type of money he wants. But just the fact that Jim Mercer came out and said he had a hurt ankle and they put him on PUP for that reason – when he was completely fine, according to his tweet, if that's valid as well, that's absurd. That's just drunk Jim Irsay in a nutshell. I mean, I remember my dad way back was watching Jim Irsay cry on the telly after the Colts won their first game post uh, Chuck Pagano cancer against the Green Bay Packers in 2012. It was Look at that drunk fuck. Maybe Irsay was talking out of his ass. You know, maybe, maybe he was speaking for the management itself, but I don't know, but I don't, I don't think Taylor plays this season. That's my that's my prediction. I don't think he's gonna play this year. I'm so I'm so glad I passed on him in fantasy. I'm gonna do it for my last two drafts that I have too. I'm not taking this dude by any means. Um, we have a big draft next Monday on Labor Day, and I'm gonna I, I would take 
anyone over Jonathan Taylor, man. I mean, four games, we've seen it before. I mean, Melvin Gordon was, was supposed to be four games. You know, Le'Veon Bell was supposed to be four games. And they needed them. I mean, Taylor, Gordon came back in like week seven and, and just sucked after that. You know, if, if you're running back, I know Jonathan Taylor is super talented. You know, he was the leading rusher in 2021, you know, almost the offensive player of the year if Cooper Cup didn't have that type of season. Um, even if you're that talented, we even saw Le'Veon Bell. It's so tough to miss an entire player hasn't played a football game in nine months, Jonathan Taylor. He wasn't that good last year in the game. He was on pace for like 1,300 yards, but he got hurt. He missed like six and a half games. But he was solid. But at the end of the day, I mean, this Colts team is in a rebuild. They're battered up. They're banged up. And even if he comes back, I don't think it's going to be for the Colts. I mean, I saw the Broncos were were in there trying to get a trade for him. I, I saw a mystery team. That was the that was the quote. A mystery team wanted to trade for Jonathan Taylor. Don't know what that means, but hey, man, I I I, I would avoid this guy in fantasy at all costs. I don't think he's going to play in 2023. Just be, And if he does play, it's going to be for, for another team in a limited role. And in the very best, I think he'll turn up in like November or December when he learns the whole system. I, I just, I just don't think this guy is is worth a pick in fantasy. I, I think he's his trade value is is plummeting too now. He's probably worth about a fourth round pick in the NFL, real NFL terms for a running back. And um, you know, it's it's just a really weird situation. It's we haven't seen a situation like this in a, in a few years with a running back. I know there was that whole running back. Um, contract meeting on Zoom with like 11 of the top <laughs> guys in the league, and Taylor was one of them. But Taylor must have been one of the more avid spokesmen in that call because th- this guy is not playing games right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy to think like in fantasy drafts now that Jonathan Taylor, I mean, if I just had to like guess, he might go in like the 8th through 10th round probably in a lot of regular 10 to 12-man leagues, which is just nuts to say because – Probably a week ago, some people are taking him third, fourth. Some people, if they really like him, second round. And now he's really fucked over a lot of fantasy teams. I mean, you're going to – I'm so glad. I'm so glad. You know, I listened to you a little bit. Don't draft until preseason. So we drafted, like, between weeks one and two. But I know. Uh, I'm just glad it wasn't me. Shout out to my boy Sean Reddy for taking him because I was not taking him. I'm playing him week one too, so that's huge for, for me. The thing is, if if you're a really risky fellow, right, and you do take a flyer on him in that later rounds, and he does come back and maybe he's like, you know what, I'm just going to play for the Colts. I mean, you might have a massive payoff if you just have Jonathan Taylor sitting on your bench. Up. And to put out that fresh Jonathan Taylor coming in at week five, you know, who knows what's going to happen. It, the, the league the last couple of days and last couple of weeks has been crazy, almost NBA-esque with all these kind of moves going on. So you really never know. It's really day-to-day. All it really takes is one injury for a team to panic and really throw whatever money Jonathan Taylor wants at him and throw a second-round pick at the Colts. So you never know, man. It could It could potentially pay off for a lot of fantasy owners. It could fuck over a lot of fantasy owners. You know what I mean? It's a very mysterious situation, but as you were saying, drunk Jim Ursay, I don't know what is up with that guy, but the Colts are looking harsh right now. Besides besides Anthony Richardson, who I think has a lot of promise, not for this year, but 
to be the future of that team. Besides him, I don't know what they're doing, man. They have the whole gambling situation on defense with Isaiah Rodgers. He gets cut. Jonathan Taylor doesn't want to play for the team. Yeah. Forgot, I forgot about that part, too. I mean, bad guys were going to call it gambling as well. I mean, are we seeing like a dance situation like unfold like it did with the commanders? Like, is that happening in Indianapolis right now? Just to think, man. I mean, I don't I don't know about all that. Dan Snyder had all the essay allegations, he had the racism allegations too. That guy was a piece of shit. He had the cocaine in his in his fucking office daily. He was living most he's honest though, if we're gonna be honest, but what'd you say? He was living like a rock star and he was like an absolute rock star. Feeling villainous, you know, but um I I just think that like no, that's a good point. Man. If John Taylor is available in like round eight, I think you take him. If you, you already start, have two good running backs before him, you got to start having the thought at well, least. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you can't wipe him off the board completely. I mean, because he's the guy. If if he actually does come back and play with some fresh legs, because maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he'll come back ready to go. If it if it's for the Colts, I think it's the best case scenario for him. Um, he might come back in November, December with fresh legs and, and be a league winner, but. Um, honestly, like you said, man, Richardson's, Richardson's the only concrete piece of foundation they have on this team for the future. This defense is horrible. This offensive line is, is mid. You know, this pass rush sucks. And these this receiving core is – it's okay. I mean, Alec Pierce is okay. Pittman's okay with a good quarterback. But just to think this Colts team was 9-6 and six at one point in 2021. They lose their last games to, to Vegas – and Jacksonville knocked out the playoffs. And they were contenders at one point when they beat the Patriots. I know. They were like, shit, they might. People were like, watch over this team in the playoffs. And they <laughs> yeah. were right. I mean, they started, I think, one in four or something. And they went, they won like eight of 10 games and they end up just choking to a two and 14 Jags team. I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's all, it's crazy how fast things change in the NFL. And if there's any recent example, it's probably that. People yeah. had them contending last year, too, and they got Matt Ryan. They go out there, shit the bed. They they hired Jeff Saturday, who never coached in the NFL ever before, just because drunk Jim wanted to get his boy a job. It's fucking unbelievable. This Colts team is a disgrace. And they suck, man. We got 10 minutes left, so. The, the countdown starts to our Colt-owned Zoom meeting. And Shout out they- to Colt-owned Zoom. Whatever, we're going to fix this for next week, though, so we can just keep rolling past 40 minutes. Next week's episode will definitely be longer than 40 minutes. We're going to give our predictions for the year. We're going to give out some futures, preview, Pats, Eagles, Chiefs, Lions, and I'm sure a lot of other games in week one as well. Might even we, be we'll like, be talking about every game spread, you know, dude, for sure. It might be like an hour and a half episode. Like, <laughs> Very well could be. Very well could see that happening, but, you know, in pertains to this episode, let's let's move on to our final topic here. Trey Lance, young QB in the 49ers. They gave up three first round picks to pick him three years ago. And now here we are. Trey Lance gets traded for a fourth round pick after getting demoted to QB three behind Sam Darno and Brock Purdy. I mean, now he's on the Cowboys. 
the one I just of the love tiny... when you call him Darno. That shit's so funny. <laughs> um, you know the the Cowboys are one of the Niners' biggest arch nemesis. I said I would say you know if I said that right, and now they traded him their young QB. I feel like this this move just puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on the 49ers because not only was that one of the worst trades in NFL history now, if, God forbid, Trey Lance is good on the Cowboys, if he gets his chance there, oh, man, it's just going to make it look twice as worse as it does right now for the 49ers. And it would look twice as worse if he came out with a ring too, right? I oh mean, it's the Niners team that has been in contention each of the last four seasons. And they, they've made the Super Bowl once, conference championship three times, and they have no rings. Um, prayers for our boy Will if that ever happened. But um, that's just – it is one of the worst trade-ups in NFL history, easily the worst of the last 10 years. I don't even think it's a debate. Uh, I remember the video of, that we took when Trey Lance got picked. I mean, you were giving Will a hug. We were we were, we were in awe. We were, we were chanting and screaming, but – I think this just adds to the Kyle Shanahan is a pussy legend. I mean, Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. He wanted Mac Jones. And Mac Jones in that offense is probably a franchise quarterback. He's probably a 30 touchdown a year type of guy. And he's he's a franchise quarterback. I mean, I hate to, I hate to like say what if, but in that offense, that's a that's that's probably a 13 win team still with Mac Jones. Any guy is going to be a 13 win guy. I mean, I think Trey Lance would have brought the Niners to still like 10 wins last year if he was healthy. They they wouldn't have been as good. I mean, I don't think Trey Lance is that good. He hasn't been good when he's got a chance. He's completed around 50% of his passes in his four starts, which is, which is abysmal for a third overall pick. But you know, it, it's it would look bad in the Niners. It would look terrible, and it would really go in the books to stamp it even more. As the worst trade up and the worst, and if that happened, if you if he got into Dallas or anywhere else and won a ring, that'd be going on as one of the worst trades in NFL history too. I mean, it can go either way. I mean, you look at this guy and say he's underachieved through four starts. Um, he you got to get rid of him somehow. I mean, Brock Purdy looked amazing last year in, in his seven games as a starter in the regular season. Or or it can go the way where. You know, you don't give this guy a chance after four starts, and you just give up on him, and he turns out to be something else, something better somewhere else. So I think time is going to tell how this goes, but from the looks of it, I think Trey Lance is going to be a, a perennial backup quarterback in his career unless he makes significant stride. I mean, he's going to be the QB three on Dallas if he even made if he even made the active roster. I think he did. I didn't check that, but. He must have. They trade for him, so definitely. <laughs> Dak Prescott said yesterday, nothing surprises me here anymore. I've been with the team for eight years, and I'm not surprised by this move. So, hey, I mean, maybe Trey Lance gets in some games this season, and they see what he's got. Um, I'm excited to see what Trey can do in that Cowboys uniform. But, hey, regardless, that is 100% the worst draft day trade-up. Not draft day, but draft trade-up. In recent memory, probably a, a, of me and you's lifetime, man. That is fucking terrible by the 49ers. Yeah, very bad. And and I think the trade really tells you two things, right? I think it tells you the Niners are saying, man, we fucked up. You know, mm-hmm. they, they really owned up to it. And they, they know they failed with that trade up and that pick. But two, I think it kind of tells you that 
Trey Lance might actually really suck because there's no way if the Niners saw even a little bit of glimpse of hope in Trey Lance that they wouldn't at least keep him on the roster, even as the QB three. I mean, what what harm does that really have? You know, do with a with a roster as stacked as as the 49ers, do you really need an as, active roster spot for QB three? Especially when you saw last year what happened in the NFC Championship when they're down to what their fourth or fifth QB and they're completely scrambling. I think it just really tells you that Trey Lance really is not that good, and they really gave up on him because they had to. They they just didn't even see a path where they could potentially develop him. So, I mean, what a what a crazy downfall for Trey Lance. It kind of seemed like he after the draft he was in like the best scenario out of all the QBs drafted. And he was the one to get dropped first. I mean, Zach Wilson wasn't even dropped before Trey Lance. I, I think that speaks a lot of volume in terms of what Trey Lance showed the 49ers. I mean, and, and that's not to say that he can't come back and be a serviceable QB, even a great QB with the Cowboys. But, man, the, the 49ers just really did not see it with him. Yeah, and it's a great point, man, man. Trey Lance – didn't look great in the preseason. Didn't look good in really any game he started with the Niners. They, they lost to the Chicago Bears in a terrible fashion in week one last year. Sure, it was you know monsoon of rain, but um, you got, you got to just think that he only got that starting job because of his stats as a third overall pick. You know, was he ever even really that good? Crazy stat I saw today that Geno Smith has thrown more passes just last season been Trey Lance since middle school. Can you believe that? I mean, wow. This is a guy who really should never have been picked third overall. He played FCS football at North Dakota State. Had one full season as a starter, which was a great year. I mean, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions in his one year as a starter in college. Didn't play the COVID year in 2020. Gets picked third overall. At 20 years old, he gets drafted. You know, he's a 21-year-old rookie. First player to ever be drafted that was born in the 2000s which is a crazy stat as well it's Trey Lance I and mean, he's doing he's doing our century a little bit dirty there but um definitely it's unfortunate for Trey I'm hoping the best for his career just as a third overall pick I mean he's like a humble kid he actually apologized to the 49ers and, and John Lynch after they traded him sorry I let you down and you know for some good reason. You're one of the biggest draft busts ever, man, which it's not all of his fault. You know, he's only, we've only seen a very minute sample size of him. Something else that I've seen too recently is, you know, the 49ers gave Alex Smith five years of patience. They give Trey Lance four games. But this is an Irish team that's ready to win now. And I think, I just think picking him in the first place was a mistake, man, honestly, because you're telling me, a rookie quarterback with a team like that was going to be ready to win you a Super Bowl now rather than Jimmy Garoppolo, who already took it, who already took you there once. I mean, it's just crazy to look back at it and just think like the hype around him and just how it's unfolded since. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Um, you know, it, we might look back one day and say Trey, Trey Lance is the biggest bust of all time. We might look back one day and say, wow, what a comeback story. You know what I mean? It's going to be interesting to see 
what unfolds for Trey Lance. I hope he does get the chance to start in the Cowboys offense. I think it'd be pretty exciting if they did have a more mobile quarterback than Dak Prescott. That can also push down the field, but hey, we'll see, man. It's going to be exciting. The It is to note that the Niners do play Dallas this year. I believe it's in Dallas. If Trey Lance could find his way into that game, man, that would be arguably the game of the year. I think it's. I think it might be in San Fran, actually. Maybe it is, and that would make it even more interesting. Yeah, it's in San Fran, uh, in Week Five. So wow. that's gonna be fun on Sunday Night Football too. Man, we've had a lot of fun here today on TJ and B. Absolutely, and uh, go Pats! You know, as always, go Pats! Huge roster cut down day. Go Pats! And we'll 